0: Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen.
1: You know, when, when you have uh, money in your wallet, meh, you know you can do something with that. You can go get yourself an ice cream cone or put some quarters in the jukebox and, and shake, shake your booty on the dance floor. I mean, money has some some value, some bang for your buck, so to speak. But uh, but what about what about heaven? This notion of heaven, can I take that to the store and cash it in? Can I use it as a get out of jail free card? It, is there any um weight or merit to it that i can leverage in this this lifetime now in my flesh and my bones bef- before i pass away i mean the, does it even make any sense to talk about heaven when we when we're stuck on earth in this big gravity swamp Heaven's a curious thing, and and I think our show tonight's going to bring about some fun and delightful conversation. The topic tonight is heaven and your spiritual evolution. And our guest tonight is Dimitri Moraitis. We're going to bring Dimitri on in just a minute. But I want to go back to this notion of heaven because, I mean, damn it. Earth has had plenty of hell for the last thousands of years. The the way our psyches have been loaded up with pain and suffering. I mean, just think back of in the, perhaps the Joan of Arc era when when battle was elbow to elbow and whoever had the quicker hand and the sharper sword dismembered the enemy and you know our psyches kind of take that imprinting and and add it to the file cabinet and if we incarnate a whole bunch of times we might just have a lot of junk in our trunk so what's what's the value of talking about heaven i think we're we're really experiencing the phoenix metaphor in in some in some ways perhaps not completely but we are going through a rebirth 2019 had a a sense of normalcy to it a sense of predictability to it a sense of i know what my life is i know what, quote, reality is, and I have found my place in it. (laughs) I think it was Blue Oyster Cult that had a a line in the song Godzilla. History shows again and again how nature points out the folly of men. 2020 took the idea of normalcy and ran it through a shredder and blew it into the wind and and there's really a from my perspective a gigantic void. We don't have a new normal yet. We don't. We don't have a new normal. Well, maybe we do in the sense that change is the new normal. Change seems to be coming coming through every every day. I mean, there's so much upheaval and nobody can really pin uh, uh, a view of the future that's too far out with all this change going on. I really think there's a a, a big, I mean, a really a gigantic void that gives us an immense opportunity, a fantastic opportunity What we're observing here is the transformation of a planet as far as the human species, the transformation of humanity on Earth. So as I've talked about this show on the show many times, what the hell is heaven for you? If you were to daydream heaven, if you were to just dream up a notion of heaven, what would that look like? Because the the void of the, quote, normal, unquote, is waiting for us to fill it, is waiting for us humanity to fill it. And if we just replace it with the 2019 narrative, yeah, I think we drop the ball because we've got a gigantic reset going on and it brings a great opportunity it's a wonderful time right now, today, to plant the seeds of heaven on earth, to plant the seeds of heaven on earth in our intention and fulfill it with our attention and bring it into form with our action. How cool. How cool is this? is such an exciting time to be alive. I think we should get to it. Again, the topic tonight, Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution. I love that title. When we think of heaven and the hereafter, we think of the moment when we die. Yet the great beyond is so much more, for heaven is the foundation to our spiritual unfoldment here in the physical life. It is our master key to the spiritual mysteries. Metaphysics teaches us that we do not go to heaven just because we have been a good person. Rather, we go to heaven through the gradual, majestic process of spiritual evolution. The topic tonight refers to a book, and this book inspires us to make our spiritual journey a stronger priority in our lives. Co-authored by Barbara Martin, Barbara's 50 years of direct clairvoyant experience, she takes, she and Dimitri takes us on an extraordinary journey through the many spiritual realms that exist in the hereafter. They show us a clear picture of what our spiritual growth is all about, what the road to heaven looks like, there has to be chocolate, and how it... It is the destiny of every soul to eventually reach this spiritual pinnacle. Join me in welcoming Dimitri to the show. Dimitri, it's so nice to have you on the show tonight.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on.
1: Now, I I mentioned Barbara, and I always like to give the listener um, some context so they know uh, who is who and what we're talking about. Yes. Um, so let's talk about the book and the authors, which would be you and Barbara. Tell us how um, you met Barbara and you two came about to writing a book.
0: Great. Well, um, yes, I appreciate that because, you know, it, especially in books on spiritual topics, you can be interested in the topic you're studying. But you really want to know the source of where the information is coming from, um, and that's a very, very important point that you bring up. Um, I've been a student, a teacher, metaphysics uh, for many years now. I um, originally I uh, I'm in here in Southern California in the San Diego area, and I, I came out to California to uh, after college to you know seek my my career in film and television in the, uh, movie industry in Los Angeles. And, um, it was actually going well, you know, there was opportunities opening up. Um, but I was having, I was not a, I didn't even know what metaphysics was back then. I was brought up, uh, uh, you know, more in the artistic and maybe scientific too. My father was a doctor. Um, and, um, I was having what I used to call these sort of inspiration moments where it was just a very heightened awareness of things that I had no control over them. They, they seemed to come out of the blue and, and, but while they were there, they were just this marvelous time. And then they would, it would kind of end. Uh, eventually it got so strong. It was my, I had this dramatic awakening even then I didn't quite understand what it was. And, uh, uh, someone said, oh, you've had a religious experience. And I said, no, I don't think that's what it was. And then when I realized it was metaphysics, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, about a year later, um, you know, I, I was a, a, a girlfriend and said, you know, I know you love these things and um, there's a lady coming to lead a meditation at this dinner tonight. Uh, would you like to, to join? And uh, I went there and it was Barbara. And uh, she led this meditation, first time I ever meditated. And it was like opening this uh, ancient door. You know, something felt very familiar here. And afterwards, uh, I really, you know, I started talking to her. And um, I I must have had a lot on my mind. Uh, I was just pouring out these kind of questions. I thought it was a great conversation. She said, uh, you you interrogated me that night. (laughs) But... uh, um, (laughs) You know, I I realized she was talking from her experience and I had questions, as a matter of fact, about the other side. And the more she was talking, again, she was very understated in what she was saying as far as pointing things about herself, but I realized, oh, she's talking about the experiences she's had on the other side. And then I realized, person I got to study with. So I became her student, uh, I dived into kind of the deep end of the pool, and then Interestingly enough, now, this is not always the case for everyone because you can have a spiritual experience and there's no career change or anything. But I realized, oh, this is, this is more than just, you know, this is my, my, my life's path here. Um, I hit the mother load now. I didn't understand the depth of it at the time. Uh, I was still in my 20s, you know. Um, but I realized I had to do this. So we were really diving in. And then we realized we both liked to write. Um, and we started the writing, but it was years later before, you know, at that time, Barbara was teaching very inspirationally. There were no books, and at a certain point, I said, look, Barbara, we, we got to get this stuff on paper, and we got to organize these things, and we got to, you know, essentially make a school, and that's what happened. Um, Lil realizing I, I thought I would help with the writing and the running of the school and continue to be her student, uh, but she was training me to start to teach, and the very first book we wrote together was Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, which is all about the aura field and meditating with divine light. And then the sequence of books we have been working on is a series of seven right now. This is the fifth one. We did a book on healing and the aura, another one on karma and reincarnation, another on the angels and the spiritual hierarchy. And then this one is on the big picture of evolution and also about Barbus you know, journey to the other side and her experiences over a course of a lifetime. Um, Now, I I do have to start talking about Barbara. Um, She was basically born clairvoyant or at a very young age, age three, she was starting to see auras and this is in the depression era. Uh, So there were no, no one really, this is not a subject that was talked about, basically. Uh, She said, I didn't understand what was going on, but I knew I was attracted to people that had these pretty colors and detracted to those that didn't. Um, her father, interestingly enough, was a Greek Orthodox priest. And the, the family, was the a big family. They traveled a lot because he was actually building churches as well as leading services. Uh, and they ended up at 11 years old in Kansas City, Missouri. And Barbara took up acting with this theater troupe, uh, and one day she said the, the, the leader, the one that was running it, Dorothy Lamaze, took me in privately in her home and basically just said to me, you can see the aura, can't you? And she said, Barbara said, my mouth dropped. I, I didn't even know so if that what it's called. And she said, I, I can see the aura too, and my, I'm a hermetic scientist. And my mother and grandmother are hermetic scientists, and I want to teach you about your gifts. So they did privately. They started meetings. She started teaching her how to interpret the aura. She had these beautiful ancient handwritten books on on metaphysics. Unfortunately, not things you can buy on Amazon. Um, and then later, when Barbara herself moved to California, uh, her father was building a, a church in Pasadena. Um, that was during the golden age of Hollywood. And she started to pursue, interesting enough, a a career in entertainment. But the inspiration came in, no, you're meant to be a a spiritual teacher. Um, And then she studied with another very advanced soul, and this woman basically trained her or prepared her for teaching because she taught very privately. But she told Barbara, you know, you're going to go on the public lecture platform. You're going to talk on many metaphysical topics and. You know, again, Barbara's saying, "Who would be interested in this stuff?" This was, again, long before it was a popular thing to do. Uh, but what she said came true, and she began her 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 teaching career. And then later, you know, on I met her. Um, so that's kind of the background. I really we want to emphasize that this this is, you know, there's there's a lot of books on heaven, and you know, some will say I, I you know I let's say I died and I went to heaven. I had you know maybe had an experience of the other side, and many of us have had those experiences of knowing there's a a greater beyond I know I have and and um, but to be able to go there methodically shall we say and consistently over years that's a rarer thing and um, it's not for curiosity's sake to do those things it's for her it was part of our education but also as part of being a teacher because as you beautifully were saying in the introduction, you know, heaven is about your evolution. We are, the heaven worlds are supporting us right now in our spiritual growth and the more we connect with the inner worlds now, the more we're going to be connected to our inspiration, our sense of purpose in life, and, and really all the fruits of life. Uh, we, we do have to remember, Earth is like a school. We're here for a certain period of time. We came from the other side. Uh, we're, we're part of the other side, even though we're incarnate here, and we're gonna go home when we're done here. So the question is, how do you perform in school? How do you, how do you face the lessons of life? How do you, uh, you know, take the opportunities that life is giving? You? Are you developing your talents and your skills? And the things that you have, this is all part of your spiritual development. And um, one of the things we're hoping the book will emphasize with people is to, like you said so beautifully at the beginning, this is a marvelous time to be here on earth. There's never been a better time to grow spiritually than today. So if you have had the spiritual calling or awakening, as I'm sure many who are listening have had, that's the divine knocking on your door, and please do your best to try to make your, spirit, you know, your spiritual life a higher priority in your life. There was a great story Barbara told um, uh, she, you know, early in her career. Uh, one of her students uh, you know, did pass on, and Barbara saw her on the other side, and the woman came to her and said, uh, I just want to thank you for everything you know, all that you gave, it's so much clearer here. And I really see the value. And my only regret is I didn't do more. You know, there's so many distractions in this life, so many diversions, oh, go this way, go that way. You know, I love what Steve Jobs said, uh, you know, I have to say a no a thousand times to the one thing I have to say yes to. So we want to make sure we're doing things in our life that are the essential things because those are the things that will give us the greatest satisfaction but they're also going to be the things that help us the most in our spiritual evolution
1: nice well you know um you mentioned that uh she wanted to go into acting and and was and was told no your role is more of a teacher a lot of people I, the 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 sense I get is that many many people on the planet, including our listeners tonight, um, their soul intends for their life purpose to take a hard left turn or a hard right turn in in the turmoil of of these last couple of years because the narrative. That humanity was living was static, it was unconscious mm-hmm. it didn't it didn't serve the heart of humanity, so my question is as a human persona going through this very very dynamic time in our in our human story how do i how do I figure out? what my role, what my life purpose is when it when it uh, feels like it's quite different than what my past has been.
0: Well, first of all, to even ask the question is so important. You know, you could have, for example, child and there's an expectation that the child will follow and let's say the father's or the mother's footsteps and do the same thing that they did. And maybe the person doesn't really question that for a while. It's just that's the environment they're brought up in. That's the expectation. And they're just sort of going along for the ride. And then as they start to actually pursue it, if they're listening to their intuition, uh, they may get a prompting. Oh, you know, it's not because of my mother and father. This is really what I really do want to do. Or they may get, you know, I'm not really feeling it. You know, I'm not really feeling it. Uh, there's a, just, I was just reading again a little bit the story of, uh, you know, the musician uh, um, uh, Tchaikovsky. You know, he was ex- expected to be a lawyer. He was pursuing it in his 20s, but he was feeling very unfulfilled. And he started late. I think he started really composing almost 30. Um, but he realized that's just not where his life passion was. So there is an expression, follow your bliss. If I hadn't followed the road to film in Los Angeles, which is where my passion was at that time, um, I wouldn't have met Barbara. I wouldn't have maybe had my spiritual awakening in the way that I did. So sometimes we pursue things, but you, you're you right. Sometimes there's a turn, you know? It's, a, it's not, a, I, I love the symbolism of the labyrinth, right? It's really from point A to point B, but to do that, you have to sometimes make all these unexpected turns to get to that point B. And that's the difference between the labyrinth and a maze. The labyrinth has a beginning and end point. A maze has these, all these dead ends. Um, but a big part that, that helps with this, and we emphasize this a lot, is meditation and taking the time to step back from all the, the the you know the, the, the rush of life. If you feel like your life is running you (laughs) instead of you running your life, then something's wrong. Then you got to stop for a moment. And meditation is a great way to tune in. You know, the divine blesses us every single day of our life. So the question is not if there is that connection or not. It's already there. But are we listening to it? And also right. metaphysics would teach is that we're shown the tapestry of life even before we come here. So in our heart of hearts, we know. And if we're, we are quiet, we listen. Let's say I'm meant to marry this person. You know, I may date several people or whatever, and but boy, I met her, some the light bulbs all went on. Well, we think, oh, okay, it's love, it's this. And of course, hopefully that's what it is. But there could be this deeper thing I have something I need to do with you. And, of course, that person, the same light bulbs are lighting up. So we do have to take time to pause, you know, in our day and not just rush, rush, rush through the day. I think part of the thing with the pandemic is it did cause people to slow down a moment and not just go 150 miles an hour all the time and to just say, is this really what I want to do, you know? Sometimes we do that when we don't want to. Let's say we get sick, right? We're, we're pushing ourselves so hard, and we get sick personally, and that slow-down time tells us, oh, i got to rethink my life. Um, a, a gentleman I knew once, he was president of West Coast Toshiba. He was a member of the Million Mile Club. He traveled so many times to Japan. Forty-five, he was like 350 pounds, and he had a heart attack. And But it was a wake-up call, and he realized, you know, I I was driving myself to the ground. And he went back to do some of the things in his life that gave him greatest joy. So hopefully we don't wait till those, you know, (laughs) were pushed up against the wall to say, hey, take a look at your life, you know. But sometimes we do need to, you know, uh, it does take that. But we, through this kind of work with spirituality, we can preempt that and say, okay, I may not know all the pieces to it. But there is a road, and am I on it right now? Am I doing the things that are giving me satisfaction, and feeling a sense of purpose, and also most important, a sense of service? Too many times we're just asking, "What is life going to give me?" And we got to start asking, "What can I give life?" And that's the spiritual way, and that that giving out will find you know enormous balance and benefits.
1: Well, nice now a lot of times um certainly in in the western religions the notion of of heaven as being out there or up there or after i die does heaven have a right. place for us does heaven yes. have a place for us in our physical bodies in i mean 100%. before we die Uh, Elaborate on that.
0: First of all, our, our first chapter in the book is called You Don't Go to Heaven, You Grow to Heaven. Nice. So heaven is not just a place. Heaven is a state of consciousness. So one of the most amazing things about the other side is it's not one place. The Bible talks about in my father's house are many mansions. So the other side has these many dimensions and they are actual places that you can visit but they're also states of consciousness so and it's kind of tiered with the lesser developed you know leading up to the more developed levels so for example right now you and i and everyone that's listening now you are vibrating energetically to a certain spiritual dimension that corresponds to an actual place on the other side. So if it were my time to die today, to cross over, I would take the spiritual light, the power that was in my aura that I have today, not what I had yesterday or what I might have tomorrow, and that would lead me to the place on the other side. It would be like attracting like. It's not really reward or punishment. But that means the most valuable thing we can do in this world is earn light, is to develop ourselves because we're not going to take our fame and fortune with us, but we are going to take our light. Now, what happens is not only are we aiming up the ladder, that's the spiritual growth the spiritual ascent, we're receiving from those places. So, okay, if I'm going to grow to heaven, and by the way, metaphysics would say, it's not if you get to heaven, it's just a matter of when. We're all destined for heaven. The more I start building up the heavenly vibration on earth here and now, the more I am drawing closer to heaven, so that when it is my time to truly go to heaven, I will already be in that spiritual vibration even before I cross over. So, yes, in that sense, we are meant to bring heaven to earth. And we do that by the way we live our life, by the things that we do, and by living by the laws of life. The, you know, the spiritual worlds have laws just like the physical do. And as we live by those laws, we're, we're enhancing and growing and evolving. And it's, it's really the greatest adventure there is because to evolve to heaven you're not just developing one part of yourself, you have to develop all parts of yourself you have to bring out all your skills, all your talents, all your character qualities you know people have a picture of heaven like well you know you're on clouds and you're playing harps all day long and it <laughs> sounds a little boring you know? <laughs> you know i don't even know how to play the harp you know, <laughs> you know? right um, but it, it's it's the opposite it's It's the potential unfolded. So it's incredibly creative in the heaven worlds. Take your most creative moment right now and multiply it by 100. And that gives you an idea of what heaven is really like. You are going to be so expressive, so engaged, and so a part of life. Things are going to be thrilling up there because the adventure is going to continue. So that's why we want to build the bridge here. We don't want to wait. We don't want to say, oh, I'll get to it when I get to the other side. No, you want to get to starting it now. And, again, if you've had the calling, it means really take the reins. Now, I do want to say, one well, no, because some people ask, well, what about people that don't even believe in heaven? What about people that are hardcore atheists or, uh, you know, think this metaphysical thing is bogus stuff? Every soul is part of the divine, whether they are aware of it or not. Tellard de Chardin said, we're not humans having a spiritual experience. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. So it doesn't really matter our belief. We are what we are. And it's a matter of realizing that there are people that don't call themselves spiritual, but they're actually living a very spiritual life. They have a lot of integrity. They have a lot of ethics. They have a lot of morality. Then there's other people that say, oh, I'm spiritual about everything, but you'll look at their life. It's not always so spiritual. What's that expression? You're going to church on Sunday and cheating your partners on Monday, right? So um, it's really how you're living it. So everybody is growing is what I'm trying to say. It's a schoolhouse for everyone. But when the light bulb goes on that there is that greater life, it means – Bingo, this is kind of a special lifetime where you want, you're you meant to pursue this spiritual road more directly. And that is really exciting. You, you really hit the nail on the head. This is, again, a really exciting time to grow spiritually. I mean, to have a conversation like this a couple hundred years ago was unheard of in public, right? It, it's, you'd have to be in a mystery school or an ashram the fact that it's happening in the public world now means that there is this growth, this awakening that's happening all over the world. And that is very exciting.
1: Nice. Well, you you talked about um, the other side and, and the, the creativity being many magnitudes more pronounced there. You know, when I, when I look at the face of humanity, the metaphorical face of humanity, we're really drowning in the mundane. So many people do not have a, a passion, a fire burning in their heart. And and you talk about the other side being such a dynamic and vibrant um, experience. And if indeed that is a, a reflection of our true potential, how can we bring that into our physical form before we die? To, to, how do we change this human vessel, this, this mental construct, this emotional demeanor to, to more fully embody the, the innate creativity that is part of us at the soul level?
0: Right, right. Well, of course, the, the first part is to recognize your value that you as a person have value. One of the most beautiful things the higher has ever shared with us is that creation is not, without every single soul, creation is not complete. We are not just playing a part in the drama of life. All of us are playing an indispensable part in the drama of life. We are all essential to the fabric of life. And as we recognize our own self-worth, and I don't mean it in the ego sense. I don't mean it in the narcissistic sense. I mean it in the spiritual sense. That's That's the real compassion. Because when you can see that in yourself, then you can see it in others. And when that starts to happen, a whole different world starts to open up. And then you are leading with your head, but you're also leading with your heart. And you're also realizing I have to live these lives. Now we all get promptings, but so many times we don't pay attention to them. We've done classes about kind of connecting with the higher, and yes, maybe getting some spiritual inspiration. And it's fascinating that when we've done this, and afterwards they'll say, "Okay, how many got something?" You know, and you know some will raise their hand and. I'll pursue it a little more and say, okay, you didn't get anything? And say, well, I, I then they it turned out they got something, but it wasn't what they thought it was, and they ignored it. So sometimes the door is knocking, but we do have to get still enough to hear it and to realize it. And then when we get a prompting, it's extremely important to do something about it. If you get a great idea, and then you say, you know what, I'll, I'll get to it, you know, not now but later. Well, you know, it can, it's like a fruit. It can wither on the vine if you don't pluck the fruit. So do your best to pursue it because inspiration's coming from the higher. And if they're inspiring you to do something, then it really means. It's a very simple example of this. Uh, uh, not long ago I had to, you know, make a phone call. And um, I thought, oh, it's going to be painful a little bit. This is going to be a difficult call. I don't know if I really want to make it. And then, you know, the inspiration came right away, call. And I did, and everything turned out fine. You know, sometimes the best thing for us to do, not what we always feel like doing. We so many times say, I don't know what I feel like doing today. I don't know what I feel like doing. Well, in the aura, the feeling nature is down by the abdominal area. In the aura, inspiration is coming from a point of light above the head. It's not even remotely in the same area of the auric field. So why are you going to the emotions where the answer to what you're seeking for is not coming from there? I'm not saying don't pay attention to your emotions. Of course you do. But really, we should be asking ourselves, how can I best serve today? What's the best thing that I can do today to help myself, to help others, to contribute to life? And you're going to get answers. It may not be the booming voice of God talking to Moses in the Ten Commandments, you know, but it's going to be something. As a matter of fact, there's a beautiful example. Don't, you know, again, I'm quoting a little bit of the Bible here, but don't look for big signs in the sky because the divine starts is the still, small voice within. And as you learn to listen to that voice, that voice will get louder, and then it will be a more driving factor in your life. And then again, you will feel the excitement. You know, again, we can go back to think of when we had this great idea, and it wasn't just an impulsive thing, it was a truly great idea. We felt it in the marrow of our bones. We knew this was real. We pursued it and had a real outcome. That's not supposed to be a a once-in-a-lifetime thing or a a once-in-a-blue-moon thing. We're meant to have that in a very regular fashion. I don't mean every single minute of every day, but in a regular fashion. So if you feel your life is mundane or anyone feels that, it means you're a little bit out of touch with those inner worlds because they're already there knocking on your door and you might be feeling a little sorry for yourself or caught up in the gloom and doom scenarios of the world, you've got to toss aside all that stuff. That's not the way God sees the world. That's the, the, the projections of our own fears and, and desperations and things of that nature. But once we put those aside and we try to see things as spirit sees them, our life takes on a very different color. You notice when you're in, in the presence of somebody that's very enthusiastic about what they're doing, very, it gets you going. You know what? You're so excited about this, and you're getting me excited <laughs> because there's something exciting about that because there is a motivating factor. So, yes, we, we have to stir that. If we don't feel the excitement, we've got we to stir the pot. You know where they say? get Think out outside of the box. Every day we should be doing something a little bit outside our comfort zone and also something a little bit outside ourselves. We're so consumed with ourselves. Do something for somebody else. Express gratitude. Just get out of you and life will just flow naturally.
1: Well, it it seems like our relationship to our inspiration is kind of like a muscle. If we don't really develop Uh, a habit of using it when it, when it comes time to want to tap it, we can second guess ourselves. We can like, like you've you've shared in the past um, in this conversation where um, people didn't feel like they got any inspiration, but in truth they did. To me, it seems like uh, the hunch I get so, so say you've had a career in finance or education or health or medicine, whatever, and and boom, 2020 comes along and and turn flips the card over and humanities marbles roll out on the floor. It it um, it seems like the the wisdom of the mystery schools or or perhaps some hmm. of the Eastern philosophy is intended to be rebirthed in, in the yeah. Western culture. And what I'm getting at here is um maybe you did spend your entire life up to now in finance, but the real reason you were born is to bring a new finance, a new method of medicine, a new method yeah. of commerce. Exactly. And, and And so, when this inspiration comes into you and it's contrary to your life, to be able to recognize it as spot on is what's going to decide how how well you can fully fulfill the the reason you're here if that makes sense.
0: Well, oh, no, very much so, and you made a very important point because. Some people make the mistake of thinking, when they have their spiritual awakening, oh, I got to leave the world of finance, I got to leave the world of medicine, I got to live like a vagabond and just be spiritual. <laughs> and the, the things they don't realize, believe me, more than a few people have done this, you know. And and <laughs> it, then they wonder why their life is so difficult, why they're struggling even to make ends meet. And they you talk to them, some had really good jobs before, but they they misunderstood the calling is exactly right maybe your job is not to leave finances but my god the world needs more spiritual people in the world of finances you right. know there was a, again a, a great story barbara had well two i just want to share real quick you know she had a difficult you know depression era it was a difficult upbringing living on a pre-salary 60 dollars a month it was not easy i don't know how her mom did it with six kids Uh, And here she is, barely out of her teenage years, she's running these variety shows and getting very successful, and there was this big deal offered, you know, in the budding years of Las Vegas, she would have been a a headliner, you know, with the the group that she was with, so there was going to be a lot of money involved. Now, again, this is her, okay, okay? But the message came, like we said, no, you're meant to be a teacher. Now that was a hard decision because she was enjoying what she was doing, but she also realized there was this greater calling that she had to answer. So the willingness to to break the mold. Now, on another hand, she met the great uh, filmmaker Cecil B. DeMille. You know, made the Ten Commandments, greatest show on earth, King of Kings, things like that. He was sort of the Spielberg of the 50s. His movies were very successful. Um, she met him on The Greatest Show on Earth. And she said, when I met him, it was kind of a funny story because evidently he was a little bit tyrannical on the movie sets. And one of the things he had a peeve about is no one sits in his director's chair when he's directing. And she accidentally was sitting in his chair. You know? And when she realized that's what happened, she thought, "Oh my God, I'm getting kicked off the lot. They'll never let me on again." He kind of, you know, put her, his hand on her shoulder, and he he ended up giving her a joke. Said, "What did you think of that last shot?" And when she turned around to to see him, she was a bit shocked because she saw the mystic sight in him, and he saw it in her. So in other words, he had the inner divine connection, but it wasn't his mission to be a teacher. He, right. You're not going to read about any of this in his biographies, Right. but he brought it into, into his works. When the Ten Commandments was released in its day, of course, it was sort of the technical blockbuster of its time, but he got many, many letters saying, thank you, you helped me find God again. So we bring our our light, we bring our power to whatever we're meant to do. So, yes, whatever your career is, whatever your pursuit, sometimes we're feeling a dissatisfaction, but it's not because it's the wrong career. It's because we're really not doing what we can in that career. We're kind of, you know, operating at at a certain level. So it's it's an important thing to, again, do make sure. And I think a lot are reevaluating that now. I think, you know, um, I do see this very much as growing pains right now that we're going through and that we're we're going to come out the better for it. Um, there is, the growing pains, there's ugly things that happen sometimes, but we have to get through that to get to the other side. And, um, again, we're not alone. Just as we are individually not left alone, humanity is not left alone. It may feel like they're, Messing it up in some ways we are messing up, but we're 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 still being guided over by loving intelligences because again we're in this schoolhouse we call earth
1: well, you know a lot of times um there's this idea of righteousness some kind of a template that if if you can just mold yourself to fit this template, then you'll be found in good favor by God. And the point I'm getting at here is um, a blind, black, heroin addict. Blind, black, heroin addict. Now, what the hell kind of template is that? Well, my God, that's Ray Charles. He wrote music that touched the hearts of millions of people all over the world and and what i'm getting at is i think sometimes we get in our own way as a culture when we when we project this idea of righteousness and god wants it in a particular way and when when it comes for us to be authentic to ourselves there is no template for authenticity in other words as we're being inspired in this transformational time in our human history, the the, the um, unorthodox inspiration that we get can be every bit as divine as anything that we've been, quote, taught, unquote, about the nature of, of what the divine is. So to be, to be, um, authentic to ourselves and truly honor that, we need to to shake, uh, shake out of us the idea that it has to fit some kind of a template.
0: Well, I mean, the whole purpose of life, in, the, in a way, is to be more creative. So we're not robots, right? So we're, we are meant to reflect the divine, but we're going to bring our own unique expression into it. So that's why we have free will. If we didn't have free will, then we would be automatons. You know, some people think, well, the angels are compelled to do what they do. They have no free will. Of course they do. They're not doing this because they're forced to do what they're doing. They're doing it because they love. They do it out of love. Now, there is something interesting, and really we're the ones that, I don't want to use the word judgments the right word here, to realize there are laws of life. Right Now, in the aura, for example, there are enlightened energies and there are unenlightened energies. If we're doing something that's not in alignment with divine law, now, I don't mean this man-made law. I mean the infinite laws of life, right? If I don't know the laws of water, I'll drown. It's not that I'm a bad person. I just don't, I have to obey the physical laws so I don't drown. Uh, It's the same in the spiritual world. There are spiritual laws. And if I am flowing, so if there is a dark energy in my aura, I do have to turn that around because that is taking me away from where I I need to go. For example, um, if someone is chronically worried about something, you know, maybe I'm going to lose my job and it's been like this has been going on for months and all that kind of stuff. You can develop an actual gray cloud above your head of worry. So obviously, it's not a constructive thing. Whether that's a real issue, you might be losing your job, or whether you, you know, it's a self-delusional issue. It's not really the the thing there. So, yeah, we should never judge anybody else. Uh, what we should do is be accountable to ourselves to say, "Am I really living my best life?" And mm-hmm. are there things you mentioned the mystery schools? Uh, from some of them, as I understand it, you know, after they would have their communal meals, uh the dinners let's say in the evening time, uh they would reflect, they would say, "Well, how did I do today the, where did I succeed? Where could I have done better and it was a time of self reflection, and we become, in a sense, our own teachers in that sense of the word, to understand where okay, you know what I, I could have handled that situation better. Uh, okay, so that's my lesson. I'll try better next time. Uh, this is another reason, by the way, we recommend everyone not only to meditate, but to meditate daily because there's so much going on in the dynamics of life. Some people, they do this great meditation on the weekend. That's great. But, you know, you, you, we, we wash ourselves every day. We We eat every day. You know, the things we do on a daily level. If you make meditation a daily practice, then you're going to make that attunement multiply many times over. Uh, I know myself, I, I, if I miss a day or so of meditation, uh, something feels out of, out of sync, and I'll, the meditation brings me back, and then bingo, it seems like the day just flows more smoothly. So I do recommend for those that are not meditating to, to make it a regular practice, uh, uh, you you may know this you know the dalai lama years ago uh encouraged the scientific community to study the monks that were meditating and they used to call them olympic meditators because some had clocked in like 60,000 hours of meditation right and they they found neurological differences in the brain uh the, the one of the scientists that was researching that is well think for example when you Bite into an apple, and there is this pleasure moment, you know, as you as you bite into a delicious apple. Well, um, in meditation, it's kind of like that's what's happening in the brain. But these Olympic meditators, because they've built such a strong link, they're like in that, you know, delicious apple mode all the time. And then when they're meditating, it goes even deeper. And then there was a very basic thing they came up with, if you dedicate, this has to be sincere meditation, it can't be just, you know, but if you dedicate yourself half hour a day for three months every day, there will be a discernible change in the brain. The meditation will have not only a spiritual effect on you, physiological one. So well, my. part of the transformation process, yes.
1: Well, um we're coming... Coming up to a, 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 the time here, I want to make sure you have an opportunity to promote your book and the Spiritual Arts Institute. Um, can you share with the audience how to get the book, what other books there are, your website, any, um, any opportunities or modalities that you provide for the listeners?
0: Oh great! Well, thank you for for saying that. Well, of course, the the book we've been talking about is um, Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution, and it's available in all your bookstores or online, uh, Amazon and the others. Uh, we have a series of books, part of what we call the Seven Spiritual Arts. Uh, Change Your Change Your Life is one of our, our bestsellers. Uh, the Healing Power of Your Aura, Karma, and Reincarnation communing with the divine. Those are all part of the, the spiritual studies. Um, our institute is a nonprofit spiritual arts institute. You can visit us at spiritualarts.org. We offer classes and workshops online, not quite in person yet. We'll be opening those up hopefully very soon, but from, we've been doing video long before the, the Zoom era. Um, we're, we have a New Year's Eve event coming up, kind of spiritually preparing for the new year and insights We have a course on meditating, which is coming up in in January if you want to learn to meditate with divine light. Uh, And we just welcome you to be part of the family. Uh, One of the most exciting things of this work is meeting wonderful people on their spiritual journey. So um, just want to leave you to, again, just do your best to to really live your, your, your highest life, to make the spiritual life an even higher priority in your life because it'll take you to extraordinary places.
1: Well, very nice. Um it it's such a uh time of upheaval which of course brings great gifts with us uh, with it. Um do you have any closing thoughts that you have for the audience? Um
0: well, again to 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 see beyond any immediate storms. Um, One of the things the Hire has been sharing for quite some time is the world is getting better, not worse. When we do feel the gloom and doom of the moment, uh, that is again like a storm cloud that comes by, but the storms pass and we are on the threshold. We're already in the beginning of the spiritual Renaissance, but we're on the threshold of making that even stronger. And as we pursue, we do like what Gandhi says, be the change you want to see in the world. We really are going to make this world better, not just for ourselves, but for our children and for our children's children. And to just pursue your spiritual journey with all your heart and all your soul, and especially with all your love. The spiritual path is paved in love. And as we pursue this path in that loving compassion, uh, you will find the greatest joy of your life.
1: Well, very nice. Well, Dimitri, I want to thank you for being our guest tonight. I have very much enjoyed this conversation.
0: I did too. I thank you for all your insights and all that you're doing in, in, in helping this new day start get started.
1: <laughs> We've been talking with Dimitri Moraitis, and the topic tonight has been the name of his latest book that he co-authored with, Barbara Martin, Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution, A Mystic's Guide to the Afterlife and Reaching Your Highest Potential. It is it is really a a a privilege. <laughs> it's a privilege to be living in this karmic tsunami. This is where old souls come to take a graduate class in in mastering the art of being a human persona in a karmic storm so to speak and i want to thank you the listener for showing up for yourself here we are at the end of the episode and you've spent this time with us speaking of spiritual inspiration my soul is is inspiring me to create curriculum and classes and courses based on my life experience. I've talked many times about working with high power, equipment in, in the television industry being cracked open by the cosmic two by four, I language, the power of love, and how to embody that love within your human persona from a strictly energetic point of view. That's my passion, that's my purpose. And and so is the show. I'm it's my my sheer pleasure having people like Dimitri on. It's been a really a de- delightful conversation tonight. We're in our We're past our 12th year with this show and just hundreds and hundreds of interviews, and uh, boy, it, it just changes you. The more you show up for yourself, the more you research and explore new information, new opportunities, it changes you for the rest of your life. Well, we're out of time. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Always a pleasure. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you, the listener, are here. What a pleasure and a privilege to spend this time with you. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a new human living radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into
0: effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power at NewHumanLiving.com Thanks for listening.